0: Welcome to Minions Live. Here we go. We just changed our platform. So if you go to our website, com, it will be clearly described. Just press on the, the little button on the live stream, a little notice, and it will take you to the right platform there. But, um, a bit of a change. Just wanted to let everyone know. So glory be to God. I am continuing on the theme of the mind of Christ because the more I meditate, the more I Walk this, this walk uh, of the revelation that I do have the mind of Christ and I, I'm to engage the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is not an intangible some sort of a mystery out there. It is really, truly the very Word of God that has been imparted into our spirit, man. And so now we have the Holy Spirit to help us to walk out the revelation of this Word so that we can resemble the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the theme and the title for today is Be of the Same Christ Mind. Be of the Same Christ Mind. And so it is more of an encouragement to be a partaker of that which you already have. So it doesn't just lie there dormant. It doesn't just lie there unused. It doesn't just lie there idle. But we are to pick on the mind of Christ. We are to engage with this divine reality. I love the word reality because reality really to me means... This is my real moment. My real moment is I'm born again. My real moment is I am of God. My real moment is that if God be for me, who can be against me? My real moment is that I can think the very thoughts of God. I am given access into the mind of God. That is my real moment and I I have a persuasion, and from this persuasion, I have a passion because I recognize that there's really no impossibility anymore because the thoughts of God are only possibility thoughts. Never denial where His will is concerned, and we know His will is for my good. So where His will for my good is concerned, there's no denial. He is good. He's only good. The way he's only love, he is only good. And there's no denial to who he is. He can't deny himself. I think that, that was the recap from last week, at the end of the message, that was the love sound mind. the end of that message, my son Boris made a recap, and he looked at Paul's writing to Timothy about. You know, if we deny the Lord, He will deny us. And when we are unfaithful to the Lord, He cannot be unfaithful to who He is. Because He is. He is. He is is good. He will never deny Himself. And so, so... to be able to be a partaker of the mind of Christ is really pretty spectacular. It's on the same level of spectacular as being loved by God and He died for me to demonstrate His great love for me. It's on the same level as that um, He is only mercy towards me. To be able to partake of this divine mind, it's, it's spectacular because you recognize now you can have spectacular thoughts. <laughs> you can have some good thoughts. And we know what we think affects our disposition. So if I think on good thoughts, I'll have a very good disposition. Then there's no potentials for something to get me down. What is the something that gets us down? It's definitely not the person that we think we have an issue with. It's our perception of that person. It's our understanding of what they have done for us. And many have done wrong things towards us. But you know what? I can't touch that. i got to forgive. Let it go. But now I can have the spectacular thought of God. As he died for me, he died for them as he released me from the snare of sin and death. Anyone that accepts that sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ can be released from that snare as well. Now, that's a spectacular thought. That is a thought where there's no judgment towards another anymore. That's a thought that makes me very happy because it's not mine to do to change another, but it's mine to do to readjust my thoughts. And so to be of the same Christ mind is really my to do, so to say. God's to do is, He's already given me the mind of Christ. God's to do is already done, but now my to do is to engage. And the first part that we engage is by believing. Believing the word of God, by believing that what we've been reading, uh, Paul, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, there, is it verse 16, that now we have the mind of Christ. Well, I believe that. And as I believe that and I ponder on it, and accumulate lead me to another word that would affirm that truth in my heart, it starts growing, this mighty revelation. So now I'm engaging reality. Now I'm engaging the good plans of God for my life. And so he gave me two things um, to start of the message. And one was Amos 3.3. 3, and it's, how can two walk together lest they agree? So the title is, Be of the Same Christ Mind. How can two walk together lest they agree? And, and we've always, I mean, in the past, I've heard this verse used in a more traditional sense of marriage, for example. You know, walking in agreement with your partner. And if you're not in agreement, you're really like stalemate. Like you're just, you know, you're just on park mode, right? And, uh, but the Lord showed that to me is how can two walk together less degree in the light of me lining up with the mind of Christ. If I'm not lined up with the mind of Christ, I'm not walking with God. That's why Paul to the Ephesians says that we are now children of light and that we're to what? Walk in light. But if we do not choose to walk in light, what does it mean to walk in light? To walk in light is really to walk in the light of the revelation that you have. Is is the good impressions that he's given to you. And you know when you veer off of that revelation he's given you this moment and this revelation is ever-growing, I'd like to think that I'm a little bit more mature now than let's say two years ago or five years ago. But in the light of the revelation I had two years ago, I was accountable to that light. And now I'm accountable to the light of revelation I have now. And I'm not to put a heavy burden on someone else. Just they might not have the exact sort of a walk out revelation. Because God is ever merciful towards me. But it's very important to walk in the light of the revelation you have. Because then you're not walking in agreement to that which is shown to you. If you're not walking in agreement with the Lord, you're in disagreement. (laughs) You're at odds with the Lord. Let's go to Amos. We'll look at the context of it. It, I have so many verses today. I was about to tell the people here today that uh, coming into just right behind this little table, uh, seeing my Bible and my little notes, and I'm like, it's kind of like, it felt like I'm... um, up on this uh, diving board, and there is the vast ocean I'm supposed to just kind of plunge in. And so here I'm plunging in. We're going to start with Amos 3.3. And see the context of this verse. How can two walk together unless they are agreed? Which tells me that two cannot walk together if they are not agreed. Will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he has caught nothing? Will a bird fall into a snare on the earth where there's no trap for it? Will a snare spring up from the earth if it has caught nothing at all? No, right? He's talking about agreement here, of being of the same mind. If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? If there is calamity in a city, will not the Lord have done it? Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophet. A lion, and this, this, this verse really kind of brings it together. A lion has roared. Who will not fear? So the, the, the agreement at that moment is when you hear a lion, it brings forth a fear. And then he relates it to the Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? The when you're walking in line, with the counsel of the Lord, you will say what he is saying. So the utmost agreement that you can have with the Lord is that which you hear of him, it is to say it. And that is truly the mind of Christ. Without uh, the Holy Ghost searching the deep things of the mind of God to bring them into a a revelation to us, we will not be able to navigate even our conversations. Because we'll be off. And so the only way we can walk in agreement with the mind of Christ is through the hearing of His voice. So this is our part to do. Our part to do is to walk in agreement with Him. And that's why I believe he gave me the title, Be of the same Christ mind. Let's agree, Desi. Let's just agree. And you never hear God ever, never say, let's agree to disagree. Never. Let's go to uh, Matthew 12 from here. This is why you know you never hear God say, let's agree to disagree. Because <laughs> one is of the spirit, the other is of the flesh, and they cannot, they cannot come together in any form of agreement, and it's an enmity against God. Matthew 12, let's start at 22. It's about um, eight verses we're going to read. Then one who was brought to him, who was demon-possessed, blind and mute. Like, check out the circumstance here. It's a pretty impossible moment, right? Blind and mute. And he healed him, that is Jesus. So someone someone brought to Jesus, a demon-possessed, blind and mute. And Jesus healed him, so that, and I love how the word Matthew here defines what he healed him means. <laughs> the blind and mute man both spoke, and so, so they were fully healed. So what? Their state was, before they came to Jesus, that state fully changed to become a brand new situation. Well, that's how our life is. We come to Jesus blind and mute. And we meet him and our eyes are open and we get to walk. Because we get to speak and see. So, and all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. I mean, they were just quick to make their own judgment. They were not walking in agreement with the mind of Christ. If they were walking in agreement with the mind of Christ, they would recognize this is, this is a work from God. And so that's one reflection of when the mind of Christ is working, That which you hear from God, you would say, isn't that what he says, how can two walk together lest they agree, right? And he finishes off in that, uh, in Amos 3.8, was it? That when the Lord speaks, you can only prophesy. Well, that's a true reflection of the mind of Christ. And if you're not walking in the mind of Christ, then you're going to be shooting your mouth off and making judgments from another mindset, which we call the carnal, unrenewed mind. And so this is what the Pharisees were doing, wrong judgment. And that stands against God. That's not edifying to God. Any judgment that's not from his judgment of his inspired revelation. When I say judgment, I talk about the word of God because the word of God is a a state of judgment. Walk this way. Well, if I don't walk this way, that word is going to judge me if I decide to go that way. What's going to judge me is the word he's spoken to me. That says by our words will be justified or condemned. That's the power of the spoken word. There is a judgment that's rendered when it's released, which comes from mindset. So we have the mindset of agreement with God to be of this. And I've, I've got a lot of verses in Philippians and even 1st, 2nd Corinthians and all over the place. But I'll just kind of make my case. Maybe we'll continue to build even next time. I don't see finishing this mind, the Christ's mind message for a while, which is really good. And so, so we don't want to be like the Pharisees, pretending to know the works of God, Just because we have learned a few verses. Just because we fellowship with other Pharisees. I'm qualified then on these external factors to render an opinion that is not God. The only mind that would communicate if this is of God is the mind of Christ. That now in Christ we do have. But we have to cultivate and the way we cultivate the mind of Christ is first by believing and then by practicing and walking out this, that which we hear from God. So let's continue. Verse 25. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, you see, he didn't say he heard their words. Did Jesus say he heard their words? Cause verse 24 says that they said. But he he knew their thoughts. That's what I just said, that our words come from a mindset. And when my mind is in agreement with his mind, my words will be edifying to my master. Oh, and one another. He heard their thoughts because thoughts spurred words. Thoughts come from the heart because out of what? The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks through thoughts that are formed in the heart from meditations, meditations. What are we thinking on every day? Every When we wake up, when we go to bed and and all the minutes and, and seconds in between, what are we meditating and pondering in the heart? It will come out of your mouth. And God would not hear that because he knows your thoughts. That's why in the word he talks about, you know, they're close to me with their mouths, but what their heart is far from me. When you have the same mind and you're one with your master, that you have the same mind of Christ now, your words would line up all the time. I don't have to fumble over words. Fumbling over words is legalism. Words flow effortlessly from a heart that's right that's lined up with the mind of Christ so jesus knew their thoughts and said to them he responded <laughs> he responded to their thoughts and this is this is it this is this is it every kingdom actually he gave me this word this morning waking up this was not part of my lined up little verses the way amos 3 wasn't either how can to walk together lest they had not really seen that in terms of the mind of christ i mean i've seen it in a, walking in agreement with the word. And of course, the word is the mind of Christ, but it's almost like he heightened the revelation. My agreement with God is me saying yes to the Christ mind. Yes. There's no but. There's no maybe. Uh, When? There's no when. There's no, there's no question. It's yes. So my, I don't have a care how long. I don't have to have a care of. I really don't understand why I have to say yes. Can you break up this word to me here? That why would you respond to their thoughts when they said something? I, I, I can just say yes. It's what you did, Jesus. So here he's going to say something else. I'm going to say yes to. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Desolation. That's a strong word. Keep in mind the context of this moment. Having the same mind as Christ. If you are divided before God, it leads to one thing only. Desolation. Desolation, which goes with, if you sow to your flesh, your carnal mindset in Romans 8, Verse five in Romans eight, we've meditated a lot regarding the carnal mind versus the mind of the spirit. And so that, you know, um, those that are born again, they have the spirit. Christ dwells in them. And so now they're to set their minds on the things of the spirit. And when you, when you think on the things of the spirit, it's what life and peace to your body. But if you choose to meditate the mind of your flesh, what, is, what does Romans eight say? It's death, which is the same as desolation. So we can actually produce death. Or desolation by being divisive with the mind of Christ. So let's go. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. You know, there are moments, I for my own personal moments, is when he's impressed me to do something, and I violate that impression. That is a perfect example of a kingdom divided. There is a battle going on. There is a separation going on. And it's only going to lead to one thing. It's not going to lead to more life. This separation, this duality, that's really not ours in Christ ever. There's not two natures. I'm in Christ. I have his nature. I have his mind. It's solid. It's done. And what do I do? I grow this revelation. I don't condemn myself whenever I've missed it. I grow. I go back here. I can't be divided with the mind of Christ. I can't be divided with that which he's spoken to me in the word. I can't be divided with the impressions of my heart that he's placed there. Because it, it cannot stand, right? And every city or house divided against itself, against itself. You see, we have the same body. We are part of the body of Christ. And when I choose, I choose because we do make choices to think of thoughts. I choose. does not just land on you and just kind of like blind. Yeah, it can be blind, but you still choose to catch it and to look at it and to think about it and to lick it like it's the ice cream. It's really sweet until there's poison in that. It being divided. It's like a house being divided against itself. Whose house are we now? The writer of Hebrews says, now we're his house, we're Christ's house. Do we divide it against the house that we live in? There's a sobriety in the message of the mind of Christ. He goes to say, addressing their thoughts, right? If Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. For how can one enter a strong man's house? Look at the context of this verse that we so often quote. It's in the context of agreement. Meaning you cannot enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods if you do not walk in agreement with the mind of Christ. You have no authority. The sole authority that we have now in Christ, it's his mind. It's his thoughts. Where is it the dominion found? It's in his voice. Not in my kinky little wayward thoughts, cause just cause I got born again, now I can think anything I want. Cause I mean, it seems everyone thinks anything they want. I can hear the conversation. I, uh, I guess I can just, you know, be as carnal as carnal is. And demand now, God, you do something for me. And God's mercy and love is, oh, unsearchable, unfathomable, His grace. Especially in the very beginning when we become born again. Because it's like newborn baby in the new kingdom. We don't know. But as we start reading and meditating the Word of God, and we develop this fellowship with the Holy Spirit, more and more we recognize whether we do have a part to play. And our part to Play is to be a guard around my mind that I engage the keeping power of the Holy Spirit and I keep myself from idols. What is an idol? It's a thought exalted above the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is these high places that we've left unchecked, that we're submitting to gladly to be enslaved. How can one enter strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? This is the authority you bind from that which is already bound. Anyway, why would I say it? Because we know Colossians writes about Jesus going down to the pit of hell and disarming, spoiling powers and principalities and making a mockery in a public spectacle. He's already bound them they already bound. And I'm enforcing what my master has done. And then he will plunder his house, he who is. And that's what Jesus did. He plundered Satan's house. He led captivity captives, right? Then he will plunder his house, he who is not with me. Look at this, verse 30. <laughs> So clear. He who is not with me is not of the same mind is against me. Is against me. And he who does not gather with me, what? Scatters abroad. Let's go to First Corinthians from here. one ten. The Corinthians had a reputation. <laughs> they thought they were very spiritual people. Because they prayed in tongues a lot. Praying in tongues doesn't make you spiritual. (laughs) He'll tell you what makes you spiritual right here. It's a good thing you pray in tongues. Praying in tongues is an edification to your spirit man. Praying in tongues is praying out the perfect will of God. Praying in tongues is how you open up these divine mysteries of his will for your life. But praying in tongues doesn't make you spiritual. What makes you spiritual is how you walk within the body of Christ. So here we go. This is the very opening of the letter to the Corinthians. It's first Corinthians chapter one and it's verse 10. Now I plead with you. I actually looked at that word plead and it's like paraclete. The word paraclete or the Holy Spirit is, uses the same word. It's like, it's a, it's a legal term. I, I asked you strongly, like it's kind of like in a court case. So there's, there, there's a lot of heart and it's, it's a legal term. And so what that means is, There's an obligation to it too. Like, it's not a casual, please do this if you don't want. He's pleading with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all, what? Not speak in tongues, but speak the same thing, and that there be what? No divisions. Among you, but that you be perfectly joined together. How? In the same mind. And so from the joining that we now have the same mind, that the whole body of Christ bears the same mind of Christ. And that is how we walk in agreement with God and one another. That's how actually we are spiritual. That's how we actually speak the same things. I can't have my own idle thought. You have your own idle thought and somehow try to make an agreement. And what we have learned in the carnal way to do it, okay, I'm going to streamline my carnal idol thought. I'm going to use some scissors and chop it up to package it a little bit. And you do that on your own and let's see if somehow they mesh together. It doesn't mesh together. It's mixture unless it's found on the voice of God, on the word of God, then it can't stand. It's actually divisive. That's what brings divisions among us. But we're to be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And so because he, it was reported to him that there were contentions among them. And then he says, now I say this, that each of you says, I'm of Paul. That's what it looks like. I'm, I follow this doctrine. You follow that doctrine. I'm of Paul. Uh, Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. It's not about the mind of Christ. It's about doctrinal devices. It's like I said, you have a little funky thought. You cut it up and you and you, this is my little doctrine. Let's see if and it, doesn't, it doesn't stick. That's how the, there's division in the body of Christ. A departure from the mind of Christ. You say, now of Paul, there's Apollos, I'm of Cephas, and I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? No, he's got one mind. He's not divided. He only followed the mind of God. Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? No. If you go to... um how he finishes the Corinthians. Now that's the second letter, Second Corinthians. So he wrote two letters to Corinthians. The first, we well, saw so, how it starts. Let me tell you how he finishes his letters to the Corinthians. Second Corinthians, the very last chapter. Like it's just amazing. God did not veer off of the most importance of this word. Verse eleven. So Second Corinthians thirteen eleven. Finally, brethren farewell become complete wow be of good comfort what be of one mind live in peace and the god of love and peace will be with you which tells me that being of one mind is very important here if we go back to first corinthians in chapter is it chapter 3 about where they thought they were really uh, spiritual? I think it's 3-3, three, three. yeah. Actually, I'll go with 3-1 because it, it brings the context of the word of God in this moment. And I, brethren, could not speak to your spiritual people, but as to carnal. What? As to babes in Christ. So our our maturity in Christ is really based with the development that we are that we have allowed the mind of Christ to navigate our lives so that our thoughts be fully submitted to the mind of Christ. And the word development that came to me is that we really develop this walk. We are growing up in this walk. It's not something that we we get born again and there it is. Obviously not because there's no, I'm talking to you like babes, which means babes don't function in the fullness of the mind of Christ, which then tells me babes are very carnal. And so he's saying, you're saying you're spiritual, and you should be by now. And yet I can't talk to you from this place of this divine reality of utterance from the mind of Christ. That he said he came to them with trepidation. That he will not speak of his own wisdom, of, of earthly wisdom, but he'll speak from the mind of Christ. So their faith be rested on the power of God. So, so here he's, I can't talk to you as spiritual, but as babes in Christ, I feed you with milk and not with solid foods. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able. Why? Because you're still carnal. The carnal man does not receive the things of God. You can't try enough with your carnal man. One thing you have to reckon in this reality of Christ is reckon that old man dead. Don't have to keep to every day. Okay, you're gonna die again. It's dead already. Just reckon yourself now alive unto God in Christ. For where their envy, and I've used this list actually from my own, <laughs> my own gauge, and my carnal. How carnal am I? Am I spiritual? How much more do I have to grow to become more spiritual? Here, envy, strife. In a marriage, strife, that's, that's a number one gauge right there. Divisions among you. Are you not carnal? And what? Behaving like what? Mere man. Are we mere man? What does Paul tell also to the Corinthians? You're now a new creation in Christ. Made brand new. One thing you have to do is to forget what was. But he said, you know, if, if these things are functioning carnal ways, then you're behaving like mere men and you're getting all the mere men results. They're like, well, where is God? Well, God lives in you. Engage him, engage his mind when one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? I have had to judge myself on purpose on this one. Because there have been times I've caught myself, I'm of this doctrine. I'm of this camp. And it's like he said to you, did that camp die for you? Did they baptize you? No. Nope. Christ died. I am of Christ. And that's another verse I've, I've meditated a lot. As of God here in um, 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of Him, you are where? In Christ Jesus. But of God, I'm in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written... He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Not he who glories, let him glory in the man. Let him glory in the Lord. Let's go to Romans. That'll be next set of scriptures. Let's go to uh, Romans 12, verse first sixteen. There are two Greek words that 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 Paul uses regarding mind, and I look at those. So I just wanted to give you different instances. So. This is Romans 12, 16. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. God showed me something here. So if you keep your hands here and go to Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. So what we just read here, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Well, I've read that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to look for a humble person, a buddy up to a humble person. Uh Let's go to Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Actually, it's to 27. The words of Jesus, All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And then Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And that word lowly is humble in heart. And you what? Find rest for your souls. Those weary souls that have labored, right? That are heavy laden souls. The carnal ways are heavy. They're enslaving. It's a tough master. The flesh is a tough master. Do you know why? Because Satan is its ruler. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What did we just read here in Romans 12? Associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. He says, come and learn. Take up my yoke from, take up my yoke upon you and learn from me. Don't be wise in your own opinion, Paul wrote. Jesus, come and learn from me. What God showed me here is this yoke is the mind of Christ. The way to take on and we're to associate with. And we're to learn from the mind of Christ, which is, of course, the word of God, Jesus, the living word of God. And only then when we function out of the spirit mind is there rest for our souls? Because only then have we ceased from our own strivings. How, where did Paul identify the word strive with? It was with the carnal man. He says, are you not carnal? All these divisions, all the strivings, the envy going on, you're carnal. That's the heavy duty at labor. That's actually more laborious than Someone working you know like a very uh, intense manual job, that which we think on will either bring peace and rest to my soul and my body, or it will burden me. And then I'll think it's uh-uh, maybe my family. Well, it's my job. Well, it's my church. Well, it's so-and-so. No, your mind was set on the wrong thing. You didn't associate with his mind. Let's go from here to uh, Philippians 2, 5. We've read this in very familiar verse. Let this mind be in you, which was also where in Christ Jesus. And what did he say about himself? Come learn from me, right? I'm gentle and I'm lowly, I'm humble in heart and you find rest for your soul. So here is the rest for our souls. Is allow this mind, which was in Him, to be in you. When we speak messages like that or whenever in the past I've heard it, I'm like, yeah, okay, I heard it, okay. I got it, got it. I'll leave the service and I'll get in the car and get strife with my husband or uh, you know, just something ticks me off, and I totally forgot that I was to engage the mind of Christ. So, I, I mean, I, so by the time I come home from that church service, I'm already like in heavy duty labor, not enjoying my moment. Whose fault was it? Wasn't the preacher's fault? Wasn't the husband's fault? Me. You know why? Because I chose to veer off of this mind of lowliness and gentleness and peace. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Here we see the lowly part, right? Where he humbled himself, who being in the form of God, did not consider it a robbery to be equal with God. He knew his status. He knew that he was one with God. That was not presumption, nor was that pride. That's his reality. But... Given that reality of dominion, of who he is, he, what did he do? He talked big? No. Oh. He made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bond servant, he fully submitted to God. He became a bond servant to God, to his mind, to God's will. Taking the form of bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. That was the very will of God. And being found in appearance as a man, he what? Humbled himself. This is the context of Paul saying, let this mind be in you. This is the mind of the spirit that we wrote in, that we read in Romans 8, that when we exercise this mind of the spirit, it's life and peace to us. Why do we want to strive? I'm talking it to myself now, Tessie. Why Why do I? Why? Heavy labor. Trying to prove a point. Then <sighs> trying to get over it after that. And trying to forgive them. Or forgive yourself. Or just, just, just get it straight again. Link up again with the mind of Christ and come up higher. So this uh, this uh, let's I wanted to look at this word let this mind be in you. A lot of the words that we look regarding the mind is using this very word mind. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And I believe we have looked at this word before, but it's been a few months, so in a bit of a different context. It is the Strong's Concordance fifty four twenty six, and it's from nail from nail. It is uh, it, when he says. Let this mind. The word "mind" is "freneo." It is to have understanding, to think, observe. I care for, but I love the word study of this word. It comes from the word "fren," which is the midriff or the diaphragm, the part around the heart. Properly regulate or moderate from within as inner perspective or insight, and it shows itself. In corresponding outward behavior. That's why as a man thinks, you will do. You will do. So it's it's this diaphragm, this inner part around about the, that protects the heart, an inner perspective or insight that shows, shows itself corresponding in corresponding outward behavior essentially it equates to personal opinion fleshing itself out in action fleshing itself out in action says the i this idea is difficult to translate into english because it combines the Versero and cognitive aspects of thinking. So I looked up that word, versero, versero and cognitive aspects of thinking, because it made it very difficult to translate. So the versero is felt in or as if in a internal organ of the body, like a deep feeling, or it's not intellectual. It's instinctive. It's unreasonable. It's not based on reason. So next time you have an impression of the Holy Ghost, you cannot quantitatively explain nor uh break it down to someone else. What exactly? Why did you make that decision? I can't tell you why I made it. I'm just saying I was led. I felt the unction. That's the verse row. <laughs> then the cognitive is um relating to being or involving conscious intellectual activity so both are found in the mind of christ the mind of christ is not haphazard such as thinking reasoning or remembering and so this is let this mind be in you which was also in christ this is how he functioned. he submitted himself to the mind of god to the will of god let's from here go to back to romans and i'll look up there's another word that's used with mind and i'll Move into it and potentially wrap it up here. Romans, I said, right? Romans uh, fifteen. Uh-huh. Let's do. I mean, the context of this humility and submission that's found in the mind of Christ is pretty amazing. The more I looked into, the more I saw these characteristics of God in the very. This is the very mind of Christ. So when we when he talks about do nothing out of selfish ambition esteem others more higher than self this is all to do with the mind of christ and and over the last next few weeks sorry we will be able to look m- more precisely into these actions that really are to be spurred on from this internal meditation and this is how we walk earth we then so uh romans 15:1 we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves let each of us please his neighbor for his good Leading to edification. So everything that we do is for someone's edification, not for someone's destruction. For even Christ did not what? Please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. That we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, this is key, through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be what? Like-minded towards one another according to Christ Jesus. So this like-mindedness, it's only according to the Lord Jesus Christ, which means... I'm not to think beyond that which is written. I'm not to think beyond that which he inspires me. It's according according to Christ Jesus that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the verse, verse five, may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded. That is the word we looked at just now. And to have understanding, to think that was the, um, the, the inward perspective and meditation that shows itself outwardly with corresponding action. So we're to have this mind of Christ. And then verse six is that you may with one mind, now that's a different word, and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this word in verse six, one mind, it's uh, the strongest three, six, six, one. Homo thumadon. And it's with one mind, unanimously, one accord at the same time. So we see this particular work in the book of Acts all the time. Where they were in one accord, it's of this, of the same mind. They thought in harmony with one another. They thought in harmony with God's momentum for the birth of the church. That when they saw him ascent, They gathered together in one accord, the disciples did, and put themselves in the upper room to pray with, from this one mind. Why? Because God at that moment was showing a brand new, a brand new structure, which was the body of Christ, the church. And so, uh, in Acts 2, the same word. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all what? With One accord in one place, and there suddenly came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Why? Because that house was not against his house. It was not divided against him. Filled the house. You want to have a move of God within you? Think his thoughts. Be one with one accord with his mind. Have this mind be in you. And this word, looking it up. For mind is um the three, six, six, one, same passion, properly with the same passion in one accord. Passion. You see, his thought. The cognitive and the other word, the versatile, those divine thoughts, they produce a passion that is his passion that's part of his mind as well. His mind is a passionate mind. There's nothing, there's nothing common composed. He is animated. King of glory. He is the happiest God. His mind is the happiest. What what does it look when someone is happy? There is an exuberance. There is is emotion. uh, That's not happy. Happy is happy. That's his mind. Good is happy. He doesn't withhold his good because he hasn't withheld his mind. Very excited. I saw the word passion. I jumped on it. (laughs) I found myself right there. That's my name. The same, uh, of the same passion. Another word studies of the same passion of one accord, of one mind is of the same passion. Describes people who share like precious faith. Well, yeah. Faith comes by the hearing of the word, which is really the mind of Christ. The voice of God is a projection that comes out of his mind. You know, you say what you think, right? same with God. It, it describes people who share like precious faith. Like those disciples share like precious faith. And so what we read here in in Romans 12 you know the first instance in in 15:5 was um, may God grant you this mind of Christ can I say which he has of course uh, now may uh the God of patience comfort grant you to be like-minded and that was the first word that we read towards one another according to Christ Jesus, meaning it's according to his mind. It's according to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not according to your little fleshy idea that you may be, this is the other word, with one mind and one mouth glorifying God, glorifying God. Well, it says the second part of the one mind is of those that share the same precious, like precious faith. Well, that's what glorifies God on earth. And that says, that's why Jesus says, I'm trying to wrap up. I don't know. I'm rushing. I'm just going to slow down. Just slow down. That's why Jesus, the word says that when Jesus returns, will he find faith? Would he find his glory on earth? That's why uh, we, in, in the writer in Hebrews says that the only thing that pleases God, or can we say gives him glory, is faith. The spirit from the mind of Christ. I don't think we've ever understood the power of the mind of Christ and how really that which we think is actually moving our faith. I've got a few more verses, I've got a lot more verses, but I'll just stop here. I'll stop by reading what I just read in Romans 15, 5 and 6 again. And I'll just read as a prayer moment. Now, may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like minded towards one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. Amen.